Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Oh. Slap show. It's OG Rossi and DJ Candlestick. Shop stars, OVO gang. DJ Candlestick. Make sure you stop by the Rockets Chop Shop merch store and pick up some gear. Let people know that you're a part of the most informed community of basketball watchers in the city of Houston. Rep the city, rep the channel, rep the Rockets, and keep supporting us, and we're going to keep dropping that heat. This podcast is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is partnering with the Rockets Chop Shop to bring you savings. So right now, right now, for Chop Shop listeners... They are going to give you 50% off their unlimited plan. That's 50% off. So that plan is usually $30. That's unlimited talking text, data, all of that. You get that for only $15 a month. All you have to do is go to the link. What are you doing paying hundreds of dollars to all these other companies? Switch over. Make your life easier. Save some money, man. Save some money so you can take your family out. You can go to the game. Maybe if you save up enough, you might hit the court side. Put put your feet on, on the court side of the Rockets game. But keep rocking the chop shop. Go to the link mintmobile.com slash chop shop right now 50% off for chop shop listeners $15 a month for unlimited keep rocking with us and keep supporting the channel now if you remember from uh this a couple like about a month ago or so, this was on uh, ESPN First Take, uh, Stephen A. Smith, and I'm going to read a quote. This was a story by Bleacher Report dropped on June 23rd, um, titled Stephen A. Smith, Ime Udoka Rockets don't want James Harden despite free agent rumors. And the quote says, first of all, Houston doesn't want him. Let's be very, very clear about that. Ime Udoka and their staff, they do not want James Harden, Smith said. They're moving in a different direction and they don't think he is that fit. And, you know, to me, this, like I've been saying all summer, the hiring of Coach Udoka is probably the biggest and uh, best move the Rockets have made as a franchise this entire summer. If they do anything else, whether uh, Dylan Brooks is a flop, Fred Van Bleet is inefficient, Amen Thompson, Cam Woodmore's are bust, having a bona fide high level coach is a position that you cannot really put a, a value on because a coach transcends more than just an individual player. Even if you signed a high level player, they only have such a limited scope in what they impact in your franchise. Whereas a good coach can act in multiple roles, including a general manager consultant, uh, a free agency and scouting. They can impact player development. They can impact roster, uh, you know, development. They can impact a lot of things, especially big level moves like the Rockets um, selecting one James Harden. Now, I fully believe, honestly, this is my honest thought. If Coach Adoka wasn't higher, the Rockets would have went after James and, and probably he'd be a Rocket right now. 
And I just think that it was due to desperation on their part. I feel like a lot of their brain trust at that point really kind of were just winging it in what they were doing. I look at their, you know, their front office and the, the people they have in there, a lot of executives, not a lot of basketball, right? Not a lot of basketball. So bringing in Udoka kind of balances out some of that management and basketball experience that you can bring a guy that's been around championships, been around winning organizations for a long time, lends a new eye for us to be able to see this situation clearly. And it was clear to anybody, anybody with a spine and a brain to know that James Harden coming to the Houston Rockets was a terrible idea. The way I look at it is like the Rockets were like that friend that you know that broke up with somebody that was real toxic, but they still love him. And they just keep going back to them because they love the toxicity. That's all they know. And then here comes Udoka as that friend that's like, hey, let's go to the club. Let's go to the bar. Let's go out. Let's go see other things in the world, right? You don't have to look at that. Let's look at all this other great stuff out here in the world. Let's look at, oh, look across the bar. Oh, that's Jalen Green. Look over there, it's Amen Thompson. Look over there, it's Jabari, it's Shangoon. Look at all this young talent you have that you need to focus on and develop and turn away from the past and all the toxicity that has come from that past. I'm glad that Coach Udoka was here to make that decision for the Rockets because ultimately, like I said, I think they would have uh, went ahead and got James Harden because it was Wemby and it was James. To me, those are the two lifeboats the Rockets had this offseason to be able to crawl out of this space that we are uh, currently in as one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, but they hired Coach Udoka that pivoted everything. I think that really changed the trajectory of the franchise because here comes the Fred Van Vliet. Here comes the Dylan Brooks. And we're yet to see how those things pan out. But honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better offseason because we're getting the best of both worlds where you're able to get players that are good, but not good enough to take away from your young guys. And then you're able to have the young guys on the team be able to still learn and grow and develop while still getting their reps and being coached by players that are actually good enough to for them to listen to. So we've threaded the needle with the with the staff that and the, the and the coaching and the players that we brought in. As far as Harden's legacy in Houston, it's going to be a complicated one and something that I'm going to visit more in the future. But for him as an NBA player, I, I just it's almost sad to see somebody go out like this. Somebody that literally I, I posted a tweet the other day saying that if James Harden for and it might it's a blessing in disguise for us that he wanted to leave. If James Harden has stayed in Houston, he would be he would be somebody that would have the whole city. You'd have a key to the city. He would have permanent seats at Toyota Center. They would have probably built a statue in front of Toyota Center for him. Obviously, his number is still going to be retired, but he burned the city the way he left. There's one thing to say, go get your ring. Go, hey, we support you and moving on to greener pastures. The ownership isn't serious about winning right now. They're being cheap, etc. But to go out the way he did, disrespecting our franchise, the history of the Rockets. You know, I'm not one of these new fans that follow players from city to city. At the end of the day, the reason that we all gather to watch these games, y'all sit here listening to me talk, is because of the Houston Rockets. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens, 
when the Jalen Green is gone and retired and Al P is retired and James Harden's retired, it's still gonna be the Houston Rockets. We are still the Houston Rockets. No matter who the players that come in and out these doors, we support them when they wear that red. Once they leave, you know, good luck to you. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the old cliche is about the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. That's always been me. That's my stance. That's the stance of the chop shop. For James Harden's legacy, he will always be a Houston Rocket, but that man tainted his legacy here in Houston. It will never be the same. He's supposed to be somebody like the mayor of the city. Wherever he goes, he getting free sandwiches here. He can eat in any restaurant. He cutting ribbons at this and doing that. Some of these things, man, you always got to think, is the grass always greener? It's easy to hop around and chase rings and party and do the things you want to do. But building a legacy to me, to me is more important because that legacy is going to outlast you. Because when Hakeem Olajuwon hung him up, he became synonymous with the city of Houston. You know what I mean? There might've been some things about how he, he, you know, you know, how he was left to his, his, when he left the team. But at the end of the day, Hakeem is the, his class personified. So there was never a worry about uh, his reputation. I think James Harden needs to take a page out of that. Just look at some of the great NBA players. Now there have always been players who want to leave their teams, but there's a way to do it. And he's always done it in the wrong way. For him to um, be at an event um, in China, promote, you know, self-promotion tour to uh, talk about Daryl Morey being a liar in front of a Chinese audience in context of Morey's relationship with China is just funny to me. Like, that's crazy, right? I don't know if he even grasps all of that with the whole Hong Kong thing with Morey, um, you know, him saying that in that context and the crowd cheering it on. And, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but to me is like he's James has to be the most clueless person um, in the world. Either that or he's just a genius. Um, but either way, I, I don't think that he's at a position right now where he can really leverage anything. You know, when he left the Rockets the first time, Brooklyn and Philly wanted him. When he left Brooklyn, Philly wanted him. Who wants him now and at what price? Right. And that's really what it's going to come down to. Who's going to open up their checkbooks to sign James Harden, a player who constantly comes up short in key moments? Who's going to want to do that? Now, there are some who would say, oh, the Rockets should take him back. And I'm cool with that. I think the Rockets should look to taking him back in the future, right? When he is um, at a different state in his career, because he has to be somebody that's humbled and willing to accept a different role for him to come back to this team. Because when he comes back, he's not going to be the best player. And if he's not the best player, he has to adapt his style. And I think for him as a basketball player, that's really what's going to define the next phase of his career. And we've seen this happen with the Carmelos of the world, with the Iversons of the world. Some of these guys really struggle adjusting to aging in the NBA. It's going to be key for him to make that adjustment in the NBA to know that Hey, I'm no longer who I was. How can I help the current team I'm on, given my current abilities, win? He's still a great player, but good luck to him. Thank God for Emil Udoka. Thank God for Emil Udoka because I think he helped us dodge a major bullet, major bullet with the James Harden thing. Choice. The other thing I'm going to say about Houston is I was watching some highlights this last few days 
of Alperen Şengün playing for the Turkish national team. Now, Turkey did not qualify for the World Cup, and that is a bummer because Şengün looks great, and he's distributing the ball. He had a he had a really solid second season, put up his numbers, and I think Şengün. <laughs> I wouldn't rule out them running a little bit of their offense through him. Well, they, if you're going to have him on the floor, you better because he he is your best passer. He's your best facilitator. I, and rumor has it the guy grew a couple inches uh, over yeah. the summer. Seriously, yeah, um, I mean, if, it, if it works out well for him, he's a demonic. I mean, you're not going to say he's Jokic, but he's definitely built in the mold of a Jokic or a Demonis Sabonis, a guy that's going to get you a bunch of assists and get you rebounds and could be the hub of your offense out of the high post. I, I, I'm, I, I think that Shingun is definitely a big-time talent um, offensively. I'm just going to say, though, if the Rockets were that sold on him being a high-level starter, why did they try to get Brook Lopez? Why did they? That's right. I mean, they were they thought it was a done deal. They're they're making moves to dump you know, a little bit of salary to Atlanta uh, so they could get Lopez signed to the deal that was on the table. So. I am with you as far as Shingun being a very intriguing talent, but I am also going to point out they tried to sign a starting center this summer. Well, if you look at well, the I think they, the I, I think they wanted to do that real quick, may I rebut. They want to do that because they're trying to make the playoffs this year. Right. And I'm not saying that Shingun is going to help make the playoffs this year. But that, I mean... I don't. I don't think that should be necessarily taken as a, a vote of well, no confidence. In I I would agree and disagree. I mean, Chengun's going into his third year. It's not like he's shown nothing at this point. He's a very mm-hmm. interesting young player. And if you're paying Brook Lopez or trying to pay him in the neighborhood of fifty over two, that is a sign that, like, if you're trying to make the playoffs, like that means you don't think he can help you make the playoffs in his third year in the league. That tells you something about where, whether it's Emi Odoka or the front office or both or whatever. It does tell you something about where they view him and where they view his deficiencies, to McMahon's point. I am intrigued to see him and Jabari Smith play next to each other because they should mm-hmm. really mix and match very well. And some of Jabari's defensive ability could be a really interesting pairing with Shangun. And I think that could fit really well. So in the long term, it might work out really well for them. But I've been interested since he may got there because you look at the centers that they had in Boston, they were all... They were they were defensively focused, and Shangun yeah. is an offensively focused center who is going to struggle on the defensive end, and that is going to be an interesting thing to watch. Is is he may cool with that, or would he rather have more of a traditional defense first center like Brook Lopez? So we'll see where that goes from here. Uh, I would just say Shangun is a player based on what I've seen and heard about this summer to keep an eye on for the way he's going to play this year. Some great dialogue there with Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective team about Alperin Shangun. Pretty much sounds like the Rockets fan base. This is a discussion that we've been having for two years now about Alp. Um, is what are his strengths and how do they mitigate his, his weaknesses? And I think the last phrase, kind of the last kind of words that Brian Windhorst said about it to me is where I stand, right? It's like, he's talented, he's interesting, and at the end of the day, it's not a shot against Alperin Shangun to try to bring in a Brook Lopez when your goals are to try to win now. So I get it because honestly, uh, you wouldn't bring Fred Van Vliet if you trusted Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. You wouldn't bring a wing uh, like Dylan Brooks if you trusted Jabari and Tari. The front office and the franchise just thinks our guys are young and not ready. I get that. So. 
at the end of the day, as long as you don't do anything stupid and let the kids show us, I'm in the show me business, right? Show me that you cannot um, play. I need to be proven that uh, right or wrong, like I'm not gonna just prematurely make a guess on a player. That's how you let a lot of good players walk out of your franchise. We're not gonna do that, right? We are going to see if you've invested all this time and effort into drafting these players, in Shangun's case, two first round picks, go ahead and let him prove to you beyond a reasonable doubt that he cannot play as a starting center in the NBA. Um, and then you can make your decisions about what to do. So I totally agree with, with Wendy here. I don't think that the Brooke Lopez was some like indictment against Shangun's um, maybe long-term perspective, but on the short term, yeah, it does say that they don't think he was ready. And given the fact that the Rockets only won 20 something games, I don't think any of our players you could say is like, okay, that guy's gonna get me to the playoffs. So that's that's not a big deal. Uh, what it is, you know, I do agree with them that uh, I think that he is gonna have a big year. I'm curious to see the offensive philosophy for Udoka. He says he likes to adapt to his players and he's not one to like stick to a specific type of style. So I wanna see what does he do to um, to get Alpi involved in the offense. The way I look at it, Alpi should be the, like I always use the term fulcrum. Um, not that he's gonna get the most shots. Your guards should get the most shots, your wings. Those guys are gonna get the shots, but he needs to be in the mix with everything. Um, he needs to be in the mix. And the model I like, is the Warriors model and the, the Kings model, which is uh, with Draymond and with Sabonis, right? Shangun should be one of the league, uh, the team leaders in touches, while Jalen and Jabari and Fred should lead the team in shots. Meaning that on, you know, with a touch, when you touch the ball within the offensive possession, that doesn't end in a shot. See, when it ends in a shot, that goes towards usage percentages. So his usage shouldn't be that high. It should be high teens, low 20s. The other guys can have higher usages, but Shangun should be leading in touches. That means that you're getting him a chance to touch the ball, whether in the post, whether out of uh, in dribble handoffs, whether in pick and roll situations, whether it's him just initiating as a ball handler at the top of the key, like we saw him do in some of the, you know, during the season and in the, in the Turkish games that he's been playing. So I'm totally with Wendy there um, and, and with the group. Um, I am very excited to see how he's going to play with Fred Van Fleet. I think that's going to be an electric combination. The one-two punch there and down the line, him and the man Thompson will be just, the, those pick and rolls are going to be just nasty. Just nasty. Um, Jackson had brought up the uh, two big lineups with Londale and possibly Jeff Green. I think those are going to be interesting to see as well. But um, ultimately what they pointed out, him and Jabari, if you think about them conceptually, they're pair made in heaven, match made in heaven, whatever the term is. They fit so well together. Jabari's prowess as a perimeter defender, Alpi as a guy that is a, a beast in the low post. Apparently he's top 10 in post defense. Double check that on Synergy, that is big facts. Um, if you filter out a bunch of the, the, you know, all the low frequency numbers, he's like top six or seven in post defense in the NBA. And people are like, well, players don't post up anymore. All right, bruh. I, when uh, Jokic is, is, is destroying your team, when Embiid is destroying your team, when there, there's a lot of players that still post up, and it's not even about just the post up itself, it's about having guys in certain spots where they have strengths and then being able to funnel guys into those strengths. So the fact that he's good to above average at different things like guarding the mid-range, guarding post ups and things like that helps him out because the stuff he's weak at, the, uh, you know, the pick and roll, drop big defense, that's easy. Every big in the NBA can play that defense. Every big, because it's a team defense. That's the it's a lazy defense in my opinion. It's a defense you have when you don't have um, just those type of athletes. So 
to me, that's going to be an easy fix for him because the worst players in the league can play drop. And if he's suffering in the drop, I think it's more schematics, some things that he can clean up as a player um, and just different stuff like that. But when it comes down to stuff that he actually does in a vacuum, like him being able to guard on isolation, he's not the worst isolation defender as a big man. Um, he's pretty good in the mid range. The thing that concerns me for him is that he has to be either be elite at the guarding threes or the rim. And he's bad at both right now. That is what I'm going to be looking at for him. Can you shut off the valve at one end of those? Like I said before, you can't get it from both ends. Pause. So that is um, that is where he needs to really work on this coming year is finding what he does well, fine tuning that, and then the defense playing around that. But I honestly think that he's probably, like I said, y'all hear me saying this, he's prone to have a big breakout year, he, uh, prone to have a big breakout year. I can imagine him really, really getting up there because having a competent coach, competent players around him with Fred and, and Dylan Brooks and, you know, the emergence of some of our younger players getting into their own Jalen uh, in this in this third year. Um, you know, you have Jabari in his second year. You have just better players around him. It really does, you know, make you think about the possibilities with him. So interesting player. Y'all heard me, man. I'm telling you, if, if we had a guy that could be an all-star, I think on an NBA scale, he'd probably be the one. I think Jalen from a like a like a narrative standpoint would be Jalen Green because he's already on the Team USA stuff. But when it comes to like basketball analytics, impact on winning, there's two guys on the team that were positives for most of the year last year, Atari East and Alperin Shangun. That is it for the news updates. Y'all let me know what y'all think in the comments and in the chat if you're watching this on a premiere. What do you think about James Harden? What's his legacy to you? And then for Al P, man, what is what is your excitement level for him? Are you meh or do you think he's actually going to be something? I'm really excited because I feel like him being a center is going to be a player that gets to impact everybody and everybody comes is going to have a different relationship with how they play with him. You know, he's one of the few players that you have to play with him if you're on the court. It's not like Jalen can play on his own, but they all have to play with their big man. So exciting to see that. Y'all let me know in the comments. Uh, Y'all keep rocking with the chop shot we got. Big, big things lined up for the for the channel and for the fan base. Thank you all for your support. Keep rocking with us and we're going to keep dropping that fire.